This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, your hosts, Spencer Linton and Jason Shepard. BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Wednesday, April 1st, you made it to April Wherever and however you're connected, great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with a guy who's just happy that March is over, Jason Shepard. Yeah, we did make it. You, you said it. We made it. Look, there's no guarantee April's going to be that much better. You know, like, I don't want to be a downer or anything. But we, we at least made it through March. Let's, let's just look at everything that happened in March. Mm-hmm. Sports were taken away. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the coronavirus ramped up. We were all, everybody, you know, self-quarantined and isolated. We had multiple earthquakes here in the state of Utah. It's just a horrible month. Well, and Idaho had a six-point-something earthquake 6.5 yesterday near Boise. So our uh, friends in Boise, be safe out there. Uh, Specifically, Jared Jacobs, gold yeller, our Lego guy, uh, who experienced his first earthquake. It, It just, crazy, wild unprecedented, unparalleled, all of these words Let's keep coming up when April we're describing March. Let's hope April is better than March. Remember how BYU played in the West Coast Conference basketball tournament in March? It feels like an eternity ago. Everything sports-wise seems like an eternity ago. It's only been like three weeks since we had sports. It feels like three months. I've seen some fantastic memes, including a year-to-year calendar that goes something like this. 2018, 2019, March. 2021, 2022, it lasted forever. The good news is we're in April, and no April Fool's joke here. We have an incredible opportunity with Stadium Sports College football insider Brett McMurphy. He wrote a lengthy article, has produced a number of different reports about college football. He spoke with a ton of athletic directors. And the likelihood that things will be pushed back, canceled, altered. What happens if there is no college football season? We almost hate to go there because it's such a dire thought. But we are going to go there with Brett McMurphy. And he has a Tiger King connection. Yes. It is the interview of interviews to start off April. Our BYU Sports Nation best play bracket rolls toward the grade eight plus deep blue with Connor Harding of BYU Basketball. Is he a legit threat to lead The Cougars in scoring next year? If not, then who? Here are today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. Yoli Childs was named a senior class award second team All-American. Childs averaged 22 points and nine rebounds this past season while shooting 57% from the field and 49% from three. The last BYU player to earn senior class award honors was Tyler Haas back in the 2014-2015 season. Remember when Yoli Childs led BYU basketball in scoring? (laughs) I remember that. I do remember that. New Orleans Saints head coach Sean Payton has reconfirmed to ESPN that Taysom Hill is a quarterback in the NFL in the future, and he is the future in New Orleans. He added, Drew Brees is in his final season. What? So will Taysom only have to wait one year to get his opportunity in spite of Brees signing a two-year contract? Interesting. Hill will be the backup in 2020 and maintain his Swiss Army Knife utility role. Former BYU golfer Peter Quest was named to the Haskins Award watch list presented to the most outstanding male collegiate golfer 
in the United States. Quest won three tournaments during the 2020 season and finished the year with a program record 69.42 stroke average. He's currently the 10th ranked college golfer at according to Golf Week Sagarin's ratings. Give him a couple of years. He'll have his PGA Tour card. Well yep. done, Peter Quest. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending, presented by Trio Senior Living. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. BYU basketball had one of the most dynamic offenses in all of college hoops over the last season. The Cougars were jokingly called 3YU for leading the country in three-point shooting. Jason, they had the likes of Yoli Childs at 22 points a game. Jake Tools and TJ Haas, they were loaded. They had a three-headed monster. And while Childs led the team in scoring, any one of those three guys was capable of going off for 30-plus on a given night. But now they're all gone. And we learned that the NCAA will not allow winter sports athletes to come back with an extra year of eligibility. So with the roster that BYU is going to bring back, Who's going to be the leading scorer next year for Mark Pope in BYU basketball? Look, and let's preface this conversation by saying we know BYU is being very aggressive in the transfer portal. And going, you can't go a day without somebody's name being out there and seeing a list of who's been you know, interested in them. And BYU's name is on there. I mean, the, the coaching staff being very aggressive with that. So what we're dealing with right now is the players that we know are coming back. And right out of the gate, the guy that immediately comes to mind for me, and I think is at the top of the list, is Alex Barcelo. He's going to be the player that's going to have the ball in his hands the most, in my opinion. And I expect him to take a more aggressive approach offensively now that those guys are gone. And and I think we only saw a small piece of Barcelo's game last year. He averaged nine points and three rebounds, and he shot 49% from both the field and from three. Look at this. He took 108 shots last season. Total. Total. That's 55 fewer shots than TJ, 63 fewer than Jake, and 67 fewer than Yoli Childs. And Yoli Childs missed Missed, nine games. Missed more than that. And an injury. I mean, he only played 18 games, Yes, exactly. So I – he knew he had Toulson and Haas. Speaking of Barcelo, he knew he had those guys around him. So I think he purposely took a back seat offensively and figured right now my role is to get the ball to these guys. Now that changes. He is a playmaker. He is a scorer. And with more opportunities to do both, I expect his numbers to take a big leap next season. And, and I think he's going to have the ball in his hands more than any other player next year. I think that all equates to him being BYU's leading scorer. I like that pick. I just think Alex Barcelo is an extreme unselfish player. Agreed. So I don't know if he will take all of those shot opportunities and may give up some of his own shots for other guys just because of the type of player that he is. But I think the coaches want, especially now. They're going to draw a place for him? I think they want him to be one of the offensive focuses. If it's not Alex Barcelo then I think it's going to be Connor Harding. And I said this early in the season, Connor Harding is going to be a problem for opponents moving forward. With no Jake Toulson taking shots, TJ Haas out of the way, Yoli Childs not doing his thing in the post, there are going to be more opportunities, especially for a guy like Connor Harding. He is a surefire starter for Mark Pope. He's a great defender. He will be rewarded. I think Connor has a game like Jake Toulson's. He can shoot it. I think he's not as aggressive. He doesn't have quite the dog mentality that Jake Toulson has right now, but he can have a post game too, and I think he's really, really crafty around the hoop. 
Connor Harding is a smart, smart basketball player and will take a lot of good shots. And because he takes a lot of good shots, he's going to make a lot of good shots. So if we're looking at the roster now, Connor Harding is my guy. I think BYU will have great balance, though. It's going to be close. Sure. We talk about Gonzaga. They had seven guys that averaged double figures. BYU's not going to have seven guys that average double figures, but they could have five, Jason. They could legitimately have five different guys that average double figures. Gavin Baxter could score 10 points a game. Connor Harding, double figures. Alex Barcelo. Richard Harward is a guy that came on. He's a transfer from Utah Valley. It was averaging double figures towards the end of his season at Utah Valley. There are a bunch of dudes. And then there's this factor. There are 525 players in the college basketball transfer portal as of 24 hours ago. 525? And you already said it. Every time a notable name pops yeah. up on social media, it seems like teams has been contacted by blah, 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 BYU, yeah. BYU, BYU. Mark Pope and his staff are all over the transfer portal. So I wouldn't be surprised to see a guy come in from somewhere else, step in, play a huge role as a grad transfer or just a transfer in general, and lead BYU in scoring. Like Jake Toulson did. Exactly. Jake Toulson had a major impact. There are a few guys out there, and I'm not going to mention names, but there are at least three or four guys that I know are very interested in coming to BYU that could take over a role like Jake Toulson did coming from Utah Valley and could be the leading scorer at BYU next year. Well, I think what's going to be interesting to see, and I think fun to see as it progresses, we're going to see a different type of BYU basketball next year just because the talent is now different. You now have... Guys down in the post, obviously Gavin getting him back and healthy and having a full season, that he's going to be play a prominent role, obviously. That goes without saying. But with the other bigs around him that can stretch the floor, you're going to see a different type of offense. I'm excited to see how it progresses. Yeah, Colby Lee is another yes. name that pops in there like, is he going to score 10 points a game? He's a guy that can shoot the three. BYU's got some bigs that can shoot the three. Wyatt Lowell, throw his name in the yep. mix. Trevin Nell, I love it. Spencer, documentaries are all the rage, whether we're talking about the number one new or Netflix show, Tiger King, shout out to Joe Exotic, uh, or the excitement surrounding the early release of the 10-part, 20-hour documentary of the Chicago Bulls dynasty of the 1990s. Give me all of that I think we were, we were all excited when they moved that up from June to, uh, what, I guess about three weeks from now. April 19th. That's right. News. So taking the premise of the Bulls documentary, where it's all access over a period of time, which BYU team or BYU story do you want to see a documentary made out of? Oh, man. This is tough because there are so many compelling stories within BYU sports, and I know a lot of people are going to default to Jim Romania and what happened with Brandon Davies and all of this. For me, I'm going way back to 1977, Jason, where the real edition of the BYU football quarterback factory began. 1977 to 1985. You want to talk about a heyday period for BYU and football? 77 to 85 was incredible. And it's not so much for me. I just want the younger generation of BYU fans to understand what the Cougars meant to the future of college football. They changed the game. Lavelle Edwards changed college football forever. When BYU won a national championship in 1984, consensus number one, by the way, in all major polls, so there's no disputing that fact, People didn't like it. 
people did not like a team like BYU out of the lowly Western Athletic Conference being the only unbeaten team going 13-0 and being a consensus number one. So they changed the formula, Jason. It's like, that's not happening again. So they changed college football, and it seems like every time BYU does something crazy, the system changes again. When BYU went 14-1 in 1996, the BCS was invented, (laughs) and they wanted to do something differently. Nielsen, Wilson, McMahon, Young, Bosco, that run of quarterbacks who all played in the NFL and were all drafted into the NFL, and we have Super Bowl MVP and Pro Football Hall of Famer Steve Young, Jim McMahon won a a Super Bowl to Chicago Bears. These were guys that made an impact in the NFL. So I I would love to see a 10-part series on how BYU changed college football under Lavelle Edwards with the quarterback factory. Ty Detmer won the Heisman Trophy, yes, because he was incredible and had unbelievable merits on the field, but it was that era and those guys that allowed him to perform on a platform with added notoriety and win the Heisman. And I've got your name for it, and it came to pass. Okay. That is the name of the documentary. I yeah, just well, gave it to you. Lee Benson wrote a book uh, a while back called And They Came to Pass. Okay. okay. Speaking of those guys, I'd love it. Okay, so here's where I'm going. And if you are a regular viewer or listener to this show, you know my obsession with conference expansion and BYU getting into the Big 12. Yes, it like, is, it, there, that's the right There word. is no other story that I have followed closer with more anticipation <laughs> than that one. And if we are truly going to get a behind-the-scenes look with access to everything, like we are with this Bulls documentary that's coming out, I can't think of another storyline than BYU's attempts to get into the Big 12 with all of the expansion. That is the one that I want a documentary about. The drama of coming up with the pitch. How are we going to sell BYU? The discussions with the conference, the pushback from the the current members, things looking like they were going to work and then not happening. I want to see it all. I would be, it, it would be painful to see BYU going through that because we know how, at least to this point, it has turned out for the Cougars. But the behind-the-scenes working of that whole situation would be must-see TV for me. If, if we're going to get a true behind-the-scenes where people are going to talk and you're going to get the information, I can't think of something more than a documentary on BYU's attempts to get in the Big 12. Oh, man. And you got to go all the way back to 1996. Second mention of that team and the, the program on the show today. Because BYU had a legitimate shot to get into the Big 12 in 96, and they were vetoed out. Yeah, then then again, you know, before BYU went independent, and then you've had it a couple of times since then in the last 10 years, where, you know, a couple four years ago, you kind of thought maybe that was going to happen, where the Big 12 was going to expand, and then they decided not to. It's like the whole thing would be an unbelievable documentary. Yeah. What the nitty gritty details there? I mean, we had politicians involved, yes, vetoing BYU to get into the Big 12. Come on, our question of the day, not about documentaries, unfortunately, <laughs> Jason, because I know you want to go down the Tiger King road, and we will in just a few minutes. Oh, yes, we will. But with BYU basketball, who's going to be the leading scorer next season for BYU basketball, and why? Let's go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation. On BYU Sports Nation. Michael Sorensen adds this on Facebook. With all of the key seniors gone, I believe Alex Barcelo is going to step up in a big way and become the leading scorer and primary ball handler for this team. 
I expect the average is around 17 points a game. Hashtag BYUSN. 17 a game? I feel like BYU is going to have five guys right around 10 to 12 points a game. That's, that's eight more points per game than what he averaged last year, speaking of Barcelo. Coming up, our best play bracket continues. How did a four-yard run fair against a TJ Haas dunk. <laughs> of course, you played it as a four-yard run. That's Brett McMurphy Stadium College football insider, why he thinks the game might not start on time, and wait, why he may just get involved in the investigation surrounding Tiger King, Jason. <laughs> Incredible stuff up next. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Listen to BYU Sports Nation on demand by downloading the podcast. All you need to do is Google BYU Sports Nation podcast. Also, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. We are live in Studio B. This is your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up with Jason Shepard. We welcome in now on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline, a guy who has made plenty of visits to BYU Sports Station. Glad to have him. Uh, glad to have him back. Stadium Sports College Football Insider Brett McMurphy. Brett, welcome back to the show. Hey, good to talk to you guys again. I hope everyone's safe. Uh, nice hearing your voices. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, we wish the same to you and your family. And obviously, without sports right now, everybody's trying to find ways to occupy their time. Uh, a lot of people are binge watching something. So. Um, What are you doing right now to occupy your time if it's not binge-watching television? Binge-watching television, uh, reporting on what's going to happen if we don't have a college football season or if we do have a college football season, how that would materialize. Um, I I didn't know if you were aware of this or, or your listeners, so I will bore them with this information. I reside in Tampa, Florida. Yes, that's home of... Big Cat Rescue from Tiger King fame. And I live approximately 4.7 miles from Big Cat Rescue. So if you'd like me to investigate Carol Baskin and the disappearance of her husband, let me know. I'm your guy. Okay, so here's my first question. Have you ever visited Big Cat Rescue? And honestly, what is the buzz in the Tampa area now that that's come out? And that is such a major part of this documentary that everybody has seen. I have not visited it. I do know people that have. I do know that they've changed a lot of things since the Netflix series came out. They used to have a couple of big signs on the main um, street that it that it, the entrance is on. They've taken those signs down. They had they moved the signs to another like a back entrance, which is actually by a running trail, which I go on quite frequently. And I think they took those signs down as well. The last time I saw the signs was a couple weeks ago, and it said by appointment only. So it used to just be you just walk in and pay admission like a zoo and go in. Now it's by appointment only. So they obviously have changed the way they're operating after the uh, Netflix special. But, yeah, it's crazy. And uh, the sheriff here in Hillsborough County in Tampa, Florida, is a good friend of mine, and he, he tweeted the other day. And this is not a joke. They have they have reopened the case. Wow! Into the dis- disappearance of Carol Baskin's husband, and he tw- I, he tweeted it out. People have information and put the Tampa the Hillsborough County Sheriff's number. I retweeted it, and of course, it got a billion retweets, and the comments <laughs> are hilarious. Um, so yeah, it's a real thing. So that's what we've got to look for here in uh, Tampa, Florida. That and you know some lovely weather that I don't mind. Uh, you know, mentioning that I'm very spoiled with. Brett, I cannot tell you how happy I am 
that a guy that is known, I mean, in all circles as an insider for college sports, that we are talking about Tiger King with you. That makes me so happy right now. Hey, to go one step further, I'm orig- I grew up, I was born in Oklahoma City, grew up, spent the first 22 years of my life in Oklahoma. So Tiger King, it was my two worlds colliding. You had you had Joe Exotic from Oklahoma and you had Carol Baskin from Tampa, Florida. So I, I represent neither neither character, but uh, that was that one meant a lot to me. Oh, Brett McMurphy, part-time private investigator into the Tiger King situation and stadium <laughs> college football sports insider with us on BYU Sports Nation. Okay, now let's talk about college football. And you touched briefly on this uh, when we first brought you in, but your articles with the Athletic or with Stadium are getting some serious run about what's going to happen if college football does not happen. Brett, how realistic is it that a season? could not happen in 2020. Well, here's the, here's the thing that's most frustrating for, you know, I've reached out, like you said, I surveyed all 130 athletic directors, 112 responded. Um, this week it's talking about, you know, how optimistic we are that they will have a college football season next week. I'll, I'll have the survey results. I asked them, what do they see the future of the playoff? How many teams who qualifies those sort of things. So that's something to look forward to next week. But Basically, the most frustrating thing is no one knows the commissioners, the ADs, the coaches, everyone in human life. Nobody knows when we get the all clear. When do things return to normal? Is it tomorrow? Obviously, it's not. But is it is it next month? Is it September? Is it January? Nobody knows. And until that happens, these ADs have all these contingency plans on what they're going to do, how they're going to try to get the season in. Because believe me, they need to get the football season in. They're, they're, I talked to several ADs, and I'll just quote one of them who summed it up base, the best. And he said, "Look, if we don't have a football season, we're blanked." And you can figure out what that blank is. And that's what Power Five and Group of Five ADs are telling me. So that means if we don't get the all clear till December or January, then you know what? They are they are considering we'll play in the spring. I mean, it, you would have laughed at me a couple of weeks ago and said, that's never going to happen. That's how desperately they need the revenue genera- generated by the football programs. And what that could mean is the college football playoff semifinals, the Rose Bowl and the Sugar Bowl. All right, we'll get back to our Brett McMurphy interview in just a few moments. But uh, incredible that – Based on his location, he's one involved with Tiger King <laughs> and staying very busy with the uh, topic at hand, which is what's the likelihood of an altered or even canceled college football season? Pretty wild stuff. Well, and one of what he was saying is everybody has the contingency plans, but the first domino has to fall. That's the it's okay to start doing this. That's what nobody knows. There is not one person that can give that answer as to when things are going to be okay enough that you can even discuss beginning. And his comments in terms of, of talking with other ADs that they absolutely, from a financial standpoint, they, gotta do something. They, they have to play the season. They have to. So what that means in terms of when it's played, how it's played, all of those things are under consideration in order to get the season in. And, but again, none of that, you can't push forward with any scenario until we're at a point where we can actually 
be around other people and be in bigger groups and and have life go back to some normalcy. And we don't know when that's going to be. Well, and Brett, in our conversation and in some of the things he said on Stadium Sports yesterday, has brought up some fantastic points. How can we ask groups or large groups of high-level athletes to be together when we're not asking students to be on campus? So because some people are like, well, just – Start the football season and delay the start of school. Well, they're they're one of the you, you can't yeah. exactly do yeah, that. Yeah, you can't do that. You can't do that, or can you? I don't know. Are they willing to make those exceptions? And then, what about limited audience for watching games in person? It's it's the TV money is where most of the revenue is created. So, could we just put it on TV, and that would help solve a lot of this? Or is it better to postpone and then start in October and have them? Speaking of them, the all 130 college football teams play the entirety of their season and it goes through February or March. Yeah. I mean, everything's on the table. Well, and uh, do we, are we able to get back to the interview? All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, this is, there's just, it's unknown. I mean, everything about this scenario, both from, from the virus side of things, how it affects the economy, how it affects day-to-day life, how it affects sports, all of it is unknown right now because we just don't know. We're all still learning as we go. I mean, every day you're, you're hearing from epidemiologists and even you're, you're even getting different opinions and um, scenarios from, from different people. So it's, it's very difficult to be able to know what the situation is because at this point we just don't have all the variables. All right, we pick up our interview with Brett McMurphy recorded this morning dealing with uh, the financial ramifications that we could see if college football is delayed or gulp postponed and what the likelihood of uh, any of that happening is. Here's more from Brett McMurphy. No, you're right. I mean, there's not a there's not a CFO on the face of the earth when they're planning their budget 10 years ago said, you know what, we need to squirrel away X amount of money because we won't have college football in 2020. Nobody thought of that. Now, you may say our ticket revenue may be down 15 percent or 20 percent, but we're still going to get our TV money. We're still going to get donations. We're still going to get all these things. So you're right. There's a small number of Power Five programs. I think that that would survive. It, it could miss a season without the revenue. I don't think it's a great number. I think maybe two dozen, maybe thirty, maybe thirty-six. I don't know. I don't think all of Power Five could would you know be able to take a hit like that. Certainly, I I find it hard to believe any of the non-Power Five schools would be, would be able to survive. I mean, a Power Five ADs told me if we don't have a season, it's going to get ugly. I had a group of five AD tell me we will go out of business. The consequences of that is you would either you would immediately eliminate or cut Olympic sports, the non-revenue sports, all of these sports that lose money every year without the football program to keep those guys afloat. They would either turn those sports back into club sports for a couple of years or maybe permanently. Who knows? Then you bring in the you know Title IX. How does that all come into play? I mean, there's so many different things. But yeah, there's absolutely. That's why they're thinking of some of these op- these weird, wacky options that we never would have thought of a few weeks ago, because they've got to figure a way to get some of this revenue. Bob Bowlesby said last week, the Big Twelve Commissioner, we may be playing games without fans in the stands. That's a very real possibility. I'm afraid, and I hope I'm wrong. I'm afraid none of the universities will allow on campus 
studies in the fall. That's just my guess on this. I, again, I hope I'm wrong. Well, if you can't have students on campus, how are you going to have student athletes? And if you can't have student athletes on campus, you can't have a season. Um, and so that's some of the things that the ADs and commissioners are looking at. But again, it all goes back to everyone's waiting until they get the all clear signal so everything can move forward. Um, you know, I just, I'm just, I'm worried and concerned. I, again, I hope I'm wrong about the fall, but I don't know. But these are some of the situations that these schools and ADs may find themselves in. Fascinating, thought-provoking stuff from Stadium Sports College Football Insider Brett McMurphy. He's on BYU Sports Nation. Brett, a lot of people still want to wear the rose-colored lenses and think, oh, it's all going to blow over. It's going to be okay. That said, what's the drop? I hope they're right. I know. What's the drop-dead date for college football to maintain a regular start schedule in terms of athletic directors deciding and or to get the all clear? So what what is the date that everything has to be okay for college football to proceed normally? Uh, Larry Scott, the Big 12 commissioner, um, told John Wilner of uh, the Mercury News the other day that he thinks by the end of May that it, that would be an approximate deadline for determining the direction of preseason and, co- and the college football regular season. Now, that doesn't mean at the end of May they're going to say, hey, there's no season and we're moving to the spring. I think they would say at the end of May, look, we can start immediately or we're not going to be able to start. And, you know, it's not immediately, but on schedule. The season starts the last week in August. So I would say, you know, probably um, I'd probably extend that a month. I'd say by I'd say by July 1st, we'd have to know if there's an all clear to, to resume as scheduled. Um, and as Larry Scott said, you know, the optimistic model is an extended training camp. The most pessimistic is that there's no season at all. So, um, you know, I think by I think by June, We'll have an idea if we can start on time, and if not, then it's just a matter of waiting until, again, everyone's given the all-clear to proceed, and then based on that all-clear, is it conference-only games? Is it split over two semesters? Is it played in the spring? Um, you know, that all those things will kind of have to be decided. Yeah, there's certainly no fast-forward option, and when you get the all-clear, teams still have to have opportunity to train and get ready. So, Absolutely. This is a very complicated situation. Brett, we appreciate the time, and uh, we know how much uh, research and work you've put into this. How do people find more of this uh, so that they can get their college football fix uh, as we push forward to what we hope is the 2020 season? Well, you can find me on Twitter at Brett underscore McMurphy, and then all of my written content, and uh, online videos will be at watchstadium.com. So I usually tweet out the links on my Twitter account. So that's probably that's probably the best way to find me. Or uh, if I go for a jog out by Big Cat Rescue, just uh, <laughs> holler at me. Yeah, if we if we need you to do some investigative reporting for us, we will definitely be in touch with the uh, Big Cat Rescue there. <laughs> hey, real quick, uh, Booger McFarland of ESPN, obviously an LSU grad. Worked, I worked at ESPN with him. He lives here in Tampa. And we were going to get a picture of both of us standing by the Big Cat Rescue sign wearing LSU Tigers shirt saying Tiger Kings. But then they've taken down the sign, so now we can't do it. So lost opportunity. <laughs> oh, oh that, w- that would have been viral gold. That's for sure. <laughs> Brett, great to talk to you. Uh, always classy. And uh, we'll do it again soon. Thanks so much. 
Sure. Reach out anytime. Stay safe. You got it. Brett McMurphy on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, you know why we show how. That interview made me very happy. Very happy and also very sad when we got to the, the college football stuff just because of, you know, he's right. We just don't know. There are so many dominoes that have to fall before you can even start making decisions. And, and that's everybody's just in a holding pattern. There's no fast forward option. Yep. You're right. Coming up, how did food and grandma help Connor Harding get to where he is today? Find out coming up in Deep Blue. We're all over the spectrum today. Plus, I think TJ Haas is getting hosed in our best play (laughs) bracket. Come on, man. More love for TJ. Update next is BYU Sports Nation. The BYUSN best play bracket is presented by doTERRA. Coming up this Friday, we have a very special BYU Sports Nation for you. It's our play-by-replay of the Gonzaga game from this season at the Marriott Center with special guests Mark Pope, Yoli Childs, and Jake Toulson. You are not going to want to miss it. It includes some friendly trash talk about who's got the better step back three. Oh, wait. 6'10". Oh, the, the step You are not 6'10". No, it's a step back. back. I'm like it's easier. He's, He's slower and taller. But there's also one second on the clock, so he knows Watch it's this. going up. Drink. See, you could have you could have passed. Stop. He doesn't know. Stop. He doesn't know. I promise you, you're not going to want to miss that. <laughs> Friday, noon Eastern on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Uh, Yoli and Jake in rare form <laughs> together. Such good stuff. Uh, I need my daily dose of the BYU Sports Nation best play bracket. Speaking of those guys, because they're all involved, presented Mm -hmm. by doTERRA, the top eight plays from BYU football in 2019 matched up against the eight best plays from BYU basketball over the last season, all to determine the play of the athletic year. All right. Yeah, each day we're going to present you with the matchup. It's your chance to vote. You can decide the winners. We whittle down the 16 plays. All you need to do is go to vote.byutv.org. You can cast your vote each day. The polls are going to close each day at 11 a.m. Eastern, and then we'll announce the results during BYU Sports Nation, which is what we're doing now. You, BYU Sports Nation, have decided another play that should move on to the grade eight. It is Jason's odds-on favorite, the football four seed, Tyson Williams' overtime touchdown run at Tennessee. Four yards away, right, Jason? (laughs) Four-yard run. Taking down the basketball five seed, T.J. Haas' dunk against St. Mary's at sending into overtime. I do feel bad for T.J. Haas because his number one seed, St. Mary's game winner. That's kind of crazy And now his dunk against St. Mary's have both gone down. No, no TJ in uh, the grade eight. No love for TJ Haas here. What is going on? <laughs> and, and honestly, I'm shocked that his game winner against St. Mary's did not advance. Well, his game winner against Houston, however, did advance. Did advance. Yes. So there is some TJ Haas yes. on that side of the bracket. Yes. Yes, indeed. Uh, yeah. So, <laughs> so to so Tyson Williams. By the way. He's going to join. He's going to join us on the show tomorrow, tomorrow, right? Yep. Him and his overtime touchdown, that swag. They're moving on to take on the Cinderella play of the year, Jason. It's Dax Mills' one-handed touchdown grab at USF in the second round. Tyson Williams can't wait for you to show him some love when he advances again. Look, are we ready for today's matchup? Okay, (laughs) let's just move on. Look, here was my whole thing. You were talking about behind-the-scenes documentaries. Okay, this was my thought. If we're talking about actual plays, Uh like the play itself, I would not have included Tyson's run. If we're, because it's a four-yard run. It won it a is game nothing in against, double overtime. It is nothing against Tyson Williams. I love Tyson Williams. The guy was fantastic. <laughs> the fact that he didn't play 
was, was such a big negative for BYU this year. He was great. The moment is why people are voting for it. The actual play itself. Context plays a part, though, doesn't it? N- not, not if it's the play. It's the play. <laughs> Clearly people like it. I, I love Tyson. Okay. All right. Great. So there we go. Pulling the curtain back. Okay. I right. love Tyson. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, today's matchup, an exciting 3-6 matchup featuring the Hoops 3 seed of TJ Haas. Again. On the, again, TJ Haas on the alley-oop. And Yoli Childs finishing with the oop. For the win at San Diego. TJ runs it, lobs it to Yo oh, with the hammer! The alley of throwdown! They want and a with 11 they want seconds. A timeout taken. So BYU goes up 72 to 71 with 11.1 to go. TJ has has his fingerprints all over this bracket. <laughs> that play faces some more football trickeration in the sixth seed, Matt Bushman, on the receiving end of another touchdown pass, this time against Liberty. Center snap. Screen. Double throw. Simon down floor, downfield. Bushman makes the catch. 10-15-10. He's going to go in. Touchdown, Matt Bushman from Micah Simon. Oh, the double pass and Micah Simon paid the price for it. Shout out to Micah. Well done to stay in there, deliver the ball. That's a high school quarterback, people. Another close vote right now. Vote.byutv.org right now. Do you like the TJ Haas to Yoli Alleyoop or the trickeration double pass touchdown from Micah Simon to Matt Bushman? The Haas to Yoli with the lead right now, 56% to 44%. Love it. Love it. Coming up, buy or sell Taysom Hill as the Saints starting quarterback in 2021. Whoa. And who wins a one-on-one matchup between Connor Harding of BYU Basketball and his fiance Paisley Johnson of women's basketball? Find out next. All part of Deep Blue. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. The BYU TV app is the place to watch recent and old BYU TV sports games. Get your VOD fix for those maybe not in the loop. That's video on demand. You can get that on the BYU TV app today. We talked about Connor Harding as part of BYU basketball and what they bring back next year. I think he has a legitimate shot to lead BYU hoops in scoring next year. While he averaged just over six points a game this season, he did shoot over 50% from the field. And to get to where he is today, Connor has had help from everyone between grandma to his fiance, here is his Deep Blue, featuring Connor Harding, presented by Tim Daly Nissan. Do you have the power to rework the past? No. Then I said, learn how to let go. Nobody can rework the past. You can't hang on to that. That's a dangerous thing. You move on. Okay, grandma. Growing up in Idaho, I was surrounded by a bunch of family, and one that I had a really close relationship to was my grandma. In high school, we had the opportunity to go eat off campus. Freshman year, you know, you want to go out with all your friends, but I had the opportunity to go over to my grandma's house and have a, have a meal with her every day for lunch. And that was from freshman year to senior year, and would do it every single week. Connor took the divorce of his parents very, very seriously. He loved his mother, and he loved his dad. And I thought, 
I have got to zero in on this boy. So I made a point to go to all of his junior high games and sit there and talk to him, maybe take him a little treat. And then when he got in high school and was old enough to drive, I invited him to come every day for lunch. And I thought, this is the time that we can bond. Food is an expression of love. We would seriously just sit down, would eat, and then we'd just talk. We'd just talk about, you know, mostly the gospel, about how I'm doing in life. And she would just sit me down, give me advice, you know, keep me down to earth and to help me, you know, become who I am. Seventh, eighth grade, you know, we said, hey, you need to start practicing more. If you're going to take it serious and be a good basketball player, you have to put in as much gym time as you possibly can. So that's when he decided, you know, should I sleep in every morning or get up and find a gym and get working out? And so he would get up every morning and he would ride the four-wheeler to the church gym. A couple December, January mornings, you know, he looked like the kid off Christmas story. He was uh, all bundled up, four or five coats on, you know, riding down to the gym to get a couple shots up. That's when you started to realize how dedicated he was to basketball and his love and passion for the game. My first one-on-one opponent was my sister, and she was a monster. I'd be driving to the hoop, and she would be bumping me out into the brick wall. I'd be all scraped up, and, you know, I would be playing her, and I'd be be so close to winning, and I'd lose every single time. And every single time, it was just tears rolling down my eyes, going into my mom, throwing a fit, didn't even want to talk to anyone. I had a competitive nature when I was really young. He would come play with me and our other brother, Jordan, or any of our friends. He was always the youngest brother, so, you know, we'd play winner stays on. If You know, if you lose, you're out. That's when we decided he had to step up his game if he wanted to keep playing with us. They'd beat up on me. They didn't want to lose to little brother. They wanted to show, you know, who's boss in, in the house. I mean, there's a pecking order. I'd say in my house, I'd play him and... They did kick my butt. And, you know, eventually, like, my dad was like, hey, got to work on this, got to work on that. And I'd go work on it, and then I'd come back, and, you know, different things would work, like up and unders and footwork and different things like that. And, you know, I started to compete with them. And then eventually, you know, I got a little older, got a little stronger, and I started to beat them. You know, playing one-on-one, you know, playing up. I think, you know, that's helped me get to the college level where there's a lot of scheming and game plans, and it comes pretty quick to me to understand the principles. Harding, shimmy shake, baseline, what a move! (laughs) You know, he's been willing to do whatever, right, Coach Pope has asked him to do throughout the year, right, whatever role, whichever guy, you know, we need him to guard. Offensively, you know, how can he best help the team? And, you know, he came in to start this year on fire from the three-point line. The player I see now is, you know, the player we're expecting. He could drive more, he could shoot more, he could do a lot. If you've ever watched him play, he is a total team player. And I said, oh, that's my Connor. We expect him to keep growing and keep being a better basketball player. And this Connor Harding, tough as nails, okay? I mean, he will, he will run through a brick wall, do anything to try and help his team. But I'm here this summer, I happen to look over the railing, and him and Paisley are out there playing one-on-one, and she is kicking his behind. It was a beatdown. 
Connor has a sweetheart on the women's basketball team. You know, both of them are competing at a very high level. She's helped me through a lot of what's happened on this court. She's going through it. She's been through a lot of different experiences. And she's just been there by my side because you have a lot of ups and downs in basketball where you're like, what am I doing? Why am I here? And she's just there to, to tell me like, hey, I've been through this. And I just want to tell you like a little secret that I did. Don't be afraid to open up. Don't be afraid to voice, you know, your opinion or to be yourself. She'll bring back like things that I knew about myself, but at that moment, like it was not in my head. And so she just helps me keep my identity. And I think that's the most important thing that anyone can do. Deep Blue featuring Connor Harding. Great story there. Uh, excited for he and Paisley uh, yeah. to tie the knot. That's coming up soon. Um, but I meant what I said. I, I think he's going to be a real problem for opponents moving forward. And he wasn't healthy. A lot of people, like, we thought we got lost in the injuries of Yoli Childs and Jake Toulson and so many things. Connor wasn't healthy all the right. way this year. His knee was giving him a lot of problems. Like, when he's healthy and playing one of those prominent roles, it's going to be a big, big boon for BYU. See, that that deep blue really hit home with me. Like Connor had his relationship with his grandma, I had a very close relationship with my grandma. In fact, my grandma is the one that took me to my very first BYU football game, mm. took me to my very first Utah Jazz basketball game, and really set me on the course that I'm, that I'm now living today in terms of my love for sports and things. So I, I love that relationship, and that one really spoke to me. Those, those are fantastic. I love it. Great work once again. All right, let's keep things rolling. We still have about eight minutes left. That's right. Coming up, our rise and shout-outs featuring some drums. How about that? Plus, buy or sell BYU-Utah football happening on September 3rd <laughs> with no cancellations. This is BYU Sports Nation. This segment of BYU Sports Nation is presented by the Tim Daly Auto Group, serving Utah since 1968. This segment of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Bodyguards, protection for a life worth living. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation, the show available anytime on demand via the BYU TV and BYU radio apps. Or you could download the podcast. All you need to do is Google BYU Sports Nation podcast. Don't forget while you're there, subscribe, rate, and review the program. Let's play Buy or Sell, presented by Bodyguards, protection for a life worth living. Learn more at Bodyguards.com. Jason, at number one, we've talked about it for a lot of the show. College football. What are the scenarios? Is it going to be delayed? Is it going to be postponed? Will it go off without a hitch? Buy or sell BYU playing at Utah to open the college football season on September 3rd. Look, I am going to buy it if for no other reason than hopefully a positive attitude means that things are going to be on time. Like, we don't know, but I I certainly hope by the time we get to September that things are back to normal. So I, I'm going to say bye just because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hope that my positive attitude will will push it forward. So you're thinking by June that the all clear will be I in place. I hope so. I hope so. None of us know, though. I hope so. <sighs> you buying or selling? I want to buy it so badly, Jason. I do. I want to join in the positive attitude. But the way things are right now with how paranoid everybody is, 
I just can't do it. I'm selling right now. I think that this is going to be delayed at least a few weeks. I think college football will happen, but it's probably going to be delayed. All right, buy or sell. Taysom Hill as the New Orleans Saints starting quarterback on opening day, not in two years, but next year in 2021. Based on what Sean Payton said yesterday at ESPN that Drew Brees is in his final season, even though he signed a two-year contract, and that Taysom Hill's the future, then yeah, I'm buying it right now. If this is Drew Brees' final season, Taysom Hill will be the Saints' starting quarterback in 2021. Yeah, I'm buying it. The head coach, the man in charge of making the decisions, essentially said that. Now, I don't know what that means for the second year of Drew Brees' career or of the contract that he signed, but if it comes from Sean Payton, the man who's going to make the decision that that's going to happen, I'm buying it. Taysom Hill starting in New Orleans in 2021. Unbelievable. What in the world? Our question of the day, back to BYU basketball. Who will be the leading scorer next season for BYU Hoops? And why our elite voice of the day presented by Sundance Mountain Resort from Jeff Albright on Facebook. No doubt, Gavin Baxter. He is the second coming of Yoli Child. It's a great choice. I think they're different players. They are different players. There's no doubt about it. different players. So I don't want to call him the second coming of Yoli Childs. Gavin will impact the game in a lot of ways with his length and athleticism. But I don't see Gavin Baxter pulling out step-back threes and shooting 50% from beyond the arc. He just has a different type of game. No, but he can have the same type of impact just doing something else, doing a different style. So, yeah, I like, the, I like Gavin Baxter. Make a bunch that. of free throws. Be physical inside. Okay. Yeah. All right. Today's uh, rise and shout-outs. Jason, take it away. Yeah, I'm going to give it to our guest, Brett McMurphy, for not only being willing but excited to talk about Tiger King today. I love it. Just love it. He lives under five miles away from He knew Big it. 4.7 miles. It's he knew incredible. exactly. Oh, he's Googled it for sure. Uh, <laughs> my rise and shout-out goes to Lorenzo Fawatea, who apparently is spending some of his downtime on the drones. Incredible stuff. Look at that. Nice. Get it. Get that swag, Zoe. Love that, man. And uh, he's a backwards hat type of guy, and I'm all for it. I like it. The conversation continuing 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Always use the hashtag BYUSN. Our thanks to today's guest, Brett McMurphy. For Jason, I'm Spencer. Shout out to Matt Bellini. We'll see you on BYUSN tomorrow. Go Cougs.